There are many different paths you can take, but there's only one road to Atlanta. The high drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flair out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzy Albies. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for it inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts, Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I am one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may be, may know me from my work over on TalkingChop.com, where I've been the deputy site manager and minor league editor for some time now. Joining me to talk a little bit about the Braves minor leagues over the past week or so is my good buddy, longtime colleague. You can follow him on Twitter at BravesMILB, one Garrett Spain. Garrett, how are you, my man? Hey, doing good. Ready to talk about this uh, pretty interesting week of baseball we had. Yeah, there was actually a lot of like really kind of genuinely good performances like throughout the week across all the levels, which is nice to see. I mean, it wasn't like a new face or anything that was like, you know, that stood out Augusta. It's a guy that we've kind of been high on. And it's been really, it was really a good week for me because, you know, I was really kind of tired coming out of the last few weeks, uh, really like last month or so, just with the, the draft and then the trade deadline and then obviously our prospect list, which you have, if you haven't read that yet, Make sure you go to TalkingChop.com. If you scroll down just a little bit, there's still a link there where you can kind of look at where our our top 30 Braves prospect list, kind of where that all shook out and the different, uh, I guess, the, the the different idiosyncrasies of that list because I am very proud of that list, but it was also a really kind of a strange list in a lot of ways just because of how close it was in the middle. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of new faces on that list that you probably haven't heard of if you're not avid followers of the minor leagues. And, you know, just, again, so there's some, a lot of changes from our preseason list. So make sure you take a look at that list. Uh, but I'm, again, this week was almost energizing in the sense like it kind of, I felt like I got my wind back under me. Uh, it's been a pretty busy week, not all, busy last month or so, not only just in terms of, you know, baseball in general, just really kind of getting into the dog days of summer, but also, you know, like I have kids starting back to school and, you know, stepson's going to college and all that stuff. Uh, definitely was a, has been a lot over the last month or so. And I was kind of glad to kind of get my wind back under me. And I'm kind of glad to get to talk about baseball again. And that brings us to, uh, not a ton of newsy stuff. You know, I was kind of thinking that we might see some like late season promotions by now. Just some guys getting a, just a quick taste of, you know, a, a slightly higher level before the end of the season. I'm beginning to wonder if that's going to happen. The only real transaction that we're going to have to talk about today is actually a demotion, but for a good reason, I think, is that uh, Kyle Muller, uh, who had been, had been performing well in the major leagues up until his last couple of starts, he was actually the roster move to get sent back in the AAA uh, with the return of Waskar Inoa, which is coming up tomorrow, I believe. And, uh, again, a couple not-so-great starts the last couple of starts. Seems like his command has started to get away from him. Uh, he'll be fine. Uh, at least I certainly think so. I, I think his first in the major leagues went really, really well. Uh, where were your kind of takeaways from Muller's time in the major leagues and kind of where you see him at right now? Yeah, I mean, it, it was good to see him maintain the command for a while. Obviously, he had a you know, towards the end, it started to get away from him. You know, 
with him, sometimes the mechanics are going to get out of whack. So it's good for him, you know, to go down and get stuff fixed where there's not a lot of pressure on him. And, you know, I think he definitely proved that he has what it takes to succeed at the MLB level and in some capacity as a starter, which, you know, I think a few months ago, none of us were a hundred percent sure he could do, you know, and now we kind of feel like, okay, as long as he can get the command back to where it was and keep improving in that facet, I mean, he should be okay long-term as a guy we can rely on for the Braves. Yeah. I was really, really happy. Just kind of like, again, it took, it took him a lot longer. He usually was like kind of a good for like a good for a start. And then the command would be gone for a start and it'd be back. He was kind of up and down when he was in the minor leagues. He would just have these games where he'd walk three or four guys. And like, it was the results may vary as to whether or not he would like, he was still pitching overall a pretty good game in those games, but the command was definitely up and down. Um, I do think that, you know, as a big body guy like him, that's, those are the guys that have the biggest problem. I think with just, Getting, repeating their deliveries and kind of maintaining their command over a course of a long sample. You know, it seems like he's responded really well to the work of Mike Roth down there in Gwinnett Striper, with the Gwinnett Stripers. Uh, friendly reminder that I do think that Mike Roth should be the pitching coach of the Atlanta Braves right now in, uh, instead of Rick Granitz. I think that he is, seems to get a lot of good results from, I'll say, most of the guys he works with. Not all of them, but most of the guys he works with. And I think he improves those guys quite a bit. So I'm, hopeful that he ends up getting a chance to be able to show that. And I think that a lot of the guys that he has worked with who are currently on the Brave staff would attest to that as well. So, you know, again, he gets to have a couple more starts down in the minor leagues. He might, I would not be shocked if Kyle's just back up at some point, right? Like he's just a guy that I think could be a useful arm in a lot of ways as kind of a spot starter or if they go to like a six man rotation for periods of time this come in, during the stretch run and things like that, which, you know, a month ago, the idea of thinking about a real stretch run was kind of laughable to me just because I thought they were kind of toast. But, it seems like the Braves have uh, found ways to at least make this playoff race a lot more interesting. And, you know, M- Muller could very well be a part of that. You know, just give him some time to, you know, g- get his head back on right and maybe work on some things. He- he's not far away from being a very legitimate and very consistent performer at the major league level. And we've seen him be not just, like, kind of consistent. He- we've also seen him be very good. So I'm hopeful that that works out for him. I hope that he, you know, makes the most of his time down there in Gwinnett. He'll get his regular starts, and while and then the Braves can kind of see if this Waskar, you know, uh, exp- um, c- experiment continues to excel as a starter. Uh, and if not, then you, they can always have the option of bringing him back up in September. So we'll see how that goes. But, again, he heads down to Gwinnett. Uh, other than that, again, no real transactions to speak of, Nothing like no big, big announcements like that. You know, Michael Harris hasn't been moved up. You know, we haven't seen any guys who have really been showing out in triple, in double-A being uh, – being moved up, we're going to, have to talk a lot about Mississippi. I'm I imagine this particular podcast because that whole pitching staff's been insane over the last week or two. But um, let's go ahead and get into the levels because I know we need we have some things we need to talk about for Gwinnett. Uh, Garrett, give me some when uh, for those who aren't aware, what we do each week is that we just go through each of the levels and we just talk a little bit about what's been going on at each one, who's been showing out, who hasn't been, and where we kind of think some guys, particularly top prospects. We also mentioned some guys who aren't necessarily um, I guess household names, I guess is the best way to say. We make sure we highlight as many of the guys as possible, especially if they're performing well. So Garrett, who are your guys at Gwinnett that you want to mention? Biggest name at Gwinnett is Christian Pache is really starting to heat up. Uh, we're seeing a little bit more, you know, he's a little more upright in his swing and we're seeing him start to really generate a lot of power out of his swing lately. He already has three home runs this month. Uh, he hit a couple last or, he might not hit any last week, but he had a really solid – no, he had a couple last week. Had a really solid week, just really kind of 
was a centerpiece of that offense all week against a good Durham team as well. And so we're seeing him strike out less, hit for more power. We're really seeing the bat start to turn around for him. And it's, I don't think it's going to be this year for him, but he's starting to show the signs of you give him another shot next year and see if he can make it at the major league level. Um, you know, we had rehab, we still have rehab with Anderson and Noah. Anderson has not looked all that great. You know, the command just hasn't been there. Really, it wasn't there at the end at the major league level. It hasn't been there at the minor league level. You're not really worried about him, but at the same time, you know, it's, you know, coming, you know, if he is having issues and he's already showing lack of command, you wonder if the injury is still there and he's pitching through it. Uh, it is a concern. Hopefully they don't really rush him back too much. Uh, but I haven't seen a ton of what, have, you know, a ton of what you have liked to see about him earlier in his career. Um, Oscar Noah has been decent. Uh, he seems to kind of fall off later in games. You know, I think he's getting the start tomorrow in Atlanta. And so we'll kind of see how deep he can go in these games. Um, it's such a long layoff and he's really only had a few games to get worn back up so it's going to be interesting to see for him you know kind of how long his leash is but he's looked overall good especially early in games um the rest of the top prospects not a ton of performance we really had the first bad week from William Contreras which bad week he hit like 250 had a 333 on base percentage so it wasn't like a horrible week but didn't hit for a lot of power wasn't his best week Drew Waters has continued to struggle you know hasn't been like horrible like he was early in the year hasn't been great he's just kind of in between has a couple good games here and there but overall hasn't been you know what he was doing in July where he was killing the ball uh and then the interesting one is Jaseel De La Cruz he's I mean he's been really bad this year he was really bad on Saturday and uh he left with what seems to be an injury. So the pitching coach came out to talk to him. Then after a minute, the trainer came out and it didn't seem like he was in light pain. Didn't seem like his lower body was an issue. Didn't seem like he was having issues with his arm. He's moving his arm around fine. It seemed like he may have had some issues with his grip, whether that's a blister, numbness in his fingers, whatever. It kind of seemed like he was having issues gripping the ball. Uh, so it's something to keep an eye on. We'll see if he misses a couple of starts. He has not been placed on the injured list yet, which normally that doesn't happen until beginning of the week, which would be tomorrow. But so far, he hasn't been placed on the injured list. It did not look to be anything major, but it is worth mentioning and kind of keeping an eye on going forward, whether he's going to, you know, miss some time or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do want to kind of piggyback on a couple points that you made there. I mean, obviously, Pache was great. He won Player of the Week this past week. Uh, has been really, really good the last month or so. Just seems like he's impacting the ball. He's he's a lot quicker to the ball. Quicker to the ball. He's getting the barrel on it too. Where he's you know, and he, he like he's not just like pull power, right? Like he's like hitting some rifle shots to right field too, where he's just like seems like he's really in a good spot in terms of you know how he's seeing pitches and what he's choosing to do with them, as opposed to kind of you know trying to sell out a little bit too much and having a little too much going on with that swing. He's you know he's he's doing good work. Just overall, just really has been really really good. Uh, which is great to see. You know, I don't think there's a need to necessarily rush him anymore with all the Braves trade light, trade deadline deals. Like they just seem like they kind of loaded up on like kind of platoon options in the outfield, which makes a certain amount of sense when you're trying to like not necessarily 
um, I guess, spend a lot at the trade deadline, but still want to get some useful pieces. Those kind of platoon outfielder types seem to make a certain amount of sense there. Um, Travis Demerit, uh, has been, you know, kind of just doing Travis Demerit things. He strikes out a good bit, but he also, uh, he took Shane Baz deep, uh, in the la- in his, in one of his last games. And that's a hard guy to take take out and that just kind of speaks to what Travis DeMere does he puts a bunch of a ton of backspin on the ball whenever he hits it and that ball just seemed to keep carrying and carrying so nice job by Travis DeMere who's had a, a pretty good season uh I have to say for for Gwinnett you know it's, it's still kind of a he seems far more like a quad a guy where like you could at least have him as a useful bat maybe as a bench piece if need be if you really needed one but overall it's kind of a, he still has power and you know certainly has a lot of use in a lot of respects as a player in your AAA level. I'm just not sure if he's a major league talent, unfortunately. It just seems like he's the hit tools to be too much of a question. Uh, Kyle Wright, I get a lot of questions about Kyle Wright, and he's been okay. I'll, I'll say that. He's been averaging about five innings to start. Uh, he does seem to give up, he does seem to give up a good number of base runners, depending on the day that you catch him. Sometimes it involves a lot more walks, uh, than others. Uh, he's had some pretty rough games, uh, in July in particular, where he like walked six guys against Durham and all this other stuff. And he's just not really pitching particularly deep into games. Has had some issues with giving up the long ball at times this year, but overall he's been fine. He's given up, you know, two earned runs in three straight starts and before that, and he hasn't given up more than two, two in, in his last five. So th- those are generally a pretty decent spot, but I, I openly question as to whether or not he can, find success at the major league level. I just I, I, I just maintain over and over again. I, I don't like his approach to pitching after the first time through an order. I don't like the command of the fastball. And I I just don't think he trusts his stuff. And it's just it seems like that there's a there's a lot of things that kinda of go into a lot of these different problems that he has in terms of, you know, kind of keeping himself out of trouble. I don't think he at this point I'm not sure he's missing enough bats on a consistent basis to get me particularly excited about him. Uh, even in a world where he kind of figures out one of those things, he kind of needs to get multiple things figured out. So overall, it's just kind of what does that mean for his future? I, I, I'm of the opinion now that the Braves might just need to, you know, trade him away in some sort of package this offseason just to kind of make some room for guys at Triple I. Cause they have like this Mississippi rotation that we're going to be talking about after the break here. There is a lot of really talented arms in that rotation. And, you know, with guys like Wright, I mean, they already moved. Bryce Wilson to Pittsburgh, you know, and again, I love Bryce Wilson, but, you know, there's just, he had developed a situation where just the secondaries just were not coming along, and those guys have somewhat limited upside in a lot of ways. You know, it's hard to get make that work at the major league level, and, you know, it he had had multiple chances to try to make it work, and he had some big moments, you know, that, you know, outpitching Clayton Kershaw in the playoff series was unbelievable. He was pitching the game where the Braves clinched the division last year. He's had some good games for the Braves, but he's also had some ones where he just got knocked around a good bit, and that's because, you know, it's a fastball, and if they, if it's not located perfectly, he's going to give, he gets hit around a good bit, and he can give up a lot of home runs, so... You know, and the same thing with Wright in the sense that, you know, it's a little bit of a different situation. It's not that Wright doesn't have enough pitches. It's just that he doesn't have a command of them enough, and he doesn't really seem to be utilizing them to their best effective, their most most effective in any given night. You know, of his pitches, he might only have one or two working, and it it's not uh, they're a little bit off problem. It's a like, wow, he can't throw that pitch. If he throws his slider in this game, it's going to be hit for a whole lot. So overall – Weird situation with him. I, again, as a really high high draft pick with a lot of pedigree, you would like to think that you can get some more value out of him. But right now, it's just, you know, he's even at AAA. And again, this is a guy who's been okay 
this month. He's been okay. He's just like a 3-5 ERA in August and, you know, two earned runs and going about five innings each outing just about. And that's a, that's about what he is at this point. He's just kind of a guy who can get some innings against some not-so-great competition at this point in the year. So what do you make of that in terms of his long-term viability? It seems like that we haven't heard anything about his like potentially being a part of the Braves' future. So what is what exactly is his purpose on the roster right now? Now there's other guys on the in that AAA rotation like Jesse Aldela Cruz. It's also kind of an open question too whether or not he's completely healthy, whether or not he's you know even going to be a starter long-term, things like that. So I I want to have I hope for the best for Kyle. I truly do. And if he came out next spring and was just like you know throwing darts and you know going seven innings and just, you know, striking out a bunch of guys, it would be a different matter. But just, it's hard to be, it's been hard to be impressed by him over the last few years, truthfully. He's just been okay. And as a result, you know, unfortunately, I just don't think it's necessarily going to work out for him. Um, that's pretty much all we got for Gwinnett. But when we come back from our break, to, after we listen to a word from our sponsors, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the lower levels of the minor leagues where we've gotten some really interesting performances. But we'll take a quick break first. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Garrett. We have a lot to talk about with the Mississippi Braves. This team is real good. <laughs> really, really good. This is the team that we're actually the most excited about uh, coming into the season. We just thought like, it was loaded. But as it turns out, like it's not, hasn't been exciting for the reasons I think that we thought that it was going to be. Uh, we were really excited about that lineup, and a lot of the guys in the lineup have underperformed with some notable exceptions. But walk us through kind of what we've seen out of Mississippi recently and kind of what you've been excited about and what guys who have been, you know, kind of been a little bit more disappointing. That rotation is so good. I mean, we have to pretty much talk about every single player, right? Like Bryce Elder had maybe his best start of the season last year. I mean, he he was involved in that no-hitter. But also, like, he went six innings, didn't walk anybody, which he hasn't done in a, he hasn't done really in a long time. He hasn't done it with, uh, Mississippi at all. So he didn't walk anybody in all-star. He did hit a couple batters. So, like, not fully like the command was perfect, but overall, really, really good. Struck out nine guys. You know, the big deal with him is, you know, he's given up a lot of home runs. He didn't give up any home runs last game. And, uh, I am, you know, I wrote the article on it at Talking Chop. I am, interested in the home run rates at every level and kind of taking everything with a grain of salt right now. He has given up a lot of home runs. How much of that is real, how much of that isn't is interesting, but he's looked really, really good. He's very consistent. He's gone six plus in seven straight outings, I think. That's like, wild. <laughs> I And he went seven in five of those. Like He's so consistently, he's going to give you a decent – very worse, he's going to give you a decent start every single time out. He never, like, implodes. 
Um, Victor Vodnik has struggled a lot this year, but the last couple times out, he hasn't allowed any runs. Last game, his command was better than it's probably been all year. You know, he only walked one guy over five innings, didn't allow any hits, yep. struck out nine. I mean, that's the best he's looked this year. That's the guy we kind of hoped we were going to see at the beginning of the year. I Injuries derailed him. I thought that was going to be a no-hitter. I really did. Yeah. I feel so bad for Brooks. I'll talk a little bit about it. Yeah. You know, injuries derailed his season, but, you know, he's started to look good at the end of the year. And it's just, you know, see how he finishes, see if he finishes strong. I think he'll end up repeating Mississippi next year, which is fine. He's 21. There's no reason to rush him. But he'll probably repeat Mississippi next year, and we'll see how he does. You know, I do question if he is a starter long term with the size, with the injuries, but – the way this stuff looked last start is really promising going forward. Uh, um, Freddie Tarnock had his two worst starts at Mississippi, which isn't saying much because neither was like, I mean, he had four runs in the last start, but he, you know, a couple walks, five strikeouts. He really didn't look like horrible in his last start. The previous start early in the week, he struck out nine batters and gave up two runs, which is his second worst start at the level, which kind of tells you how ridiculous he's been. Uh, he's just been fantastic. I love the development on his changeup right now. Um, it's gone from a pitch yep. that obviously when he came in, he didn't have one. And now it's a pitch that has flashed plus at times. And you can legitimately see that as being an above average pitch at the major league level. It's really fantastic what he's doing with that pitch. You know, he's avoiding hard contact for the most part. He, he, the last couple of games haven't been the best, but overall he's avoided hard contact. The command's been. The control has been better than I thought. You know, he still misses his spots, but he's keeping the ball in the zone for the most part. He's looked really, really good. Uh, Spencer Strider had one bad inning, which happened to also be the inning I was watching. So The, ki- the we'll kiss see. of death. <laughs> yeah. Garrett Spain. We'll see. You're not, you're not we'll allowed see to watch that, that dude. Uh, yeah, he didn't have the best start. Gave up four runs in that inning. Other than that, you know, his command kind of fell off in that second inning. He didn't look that great. But other than that, you know, he didn't have a ton of strikeouts, but he was decent other than that inning. In terms of hitting his spots, weak contact, it was just he really had a bad inning with his command, and, you know, that happens. Alan Ron Hell, I mean, he keeps plugging away and putting up good starts. His first start in Mississippi yeah, wasn't good, but last one. week, six shutout innings, ten strikeouts. I mean, he is striking out the world right now, which I – did not see coming. That changeup looked really, really, really good for him. Uh, I mean, I still don't see him as a major league long term, but hey, it's really great to see him succeed. And I, I'm, I, I'm thrilled for him, truly. Like, I, the guy who's been I'm so Rome happy he's not long. in Rome anymore. Yeah, he, he was there forever. <laughs> but yeah, he looked really good last week. That changeup is, I mean, that changeup is legit. I just don't think the other two pitches are good enough. It is what it is. Uh, Shea Langoliers stayed hot at the plate, uh, had a couple home runs last week, and which both came in the same game. He went four for four with a couple home runs, which is a pretty good day. Uh, other than that, he didn't really okay. do a ton. Okay. But he, you know, other than that, he didn't do a ton. But I think when you go, when you hit two home runs in a game, you can kind of afford to take the rest of the week off, especially when you're throwing out like three bad, three base runners a game. So it's not that they have learned a little bit not to run on them. Now there was one; it was really bad. The one that he got last week, where like he, the guy was out by like, like he pulled up, like he would do. Yeah. Like, what about, well, they, he, like 
Well, that was regret. That's what that was. Well, there were, I mean, the pitchers didn't allow any base runners, so it was kind of hard for him to throw anybody out. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, Wendell Rijo has looked really good this year. Um, you know, really, again, really another has. guy that's, that, that, that you know, another guy that's really organizational, good. but he, he's looked good. He's been a, he's a, he's a solid minor league veteran guy that looked really good. He had a couple, he had officially one home run last week. The other one was debated. Apparently he didn't touch first base. Uh, everybody says that he actually did touch first base on the walk-off home run. Um, you know, we'll see what we call it. I'm going to call it a second home run that just uh, isn't officially counted. Um, TJ Alexander had a couple home runs last week, uh, which, you know, I don't, at this point, I think we've all kind of, and he won't do anything else for three weeks. I, yeah, I think we've all kind of, uh, given up on him, but he did have a couple home runs last week. Uh, Braden Shoemaker looked pretty decent last week, which was good. You know, he hasn't like, he was really, really good for like a month and he hasn't like had like an outstanding stretch since then, but overall he's hit fairly decently. He put up a few extra base hits last week, which we had started to see him not do a lot. He only struck out once the entire week last week, which is pretty crazy. Um, you know, again, you're concerned about the walks with him, but I, you know, as long as he hits, he'll be okay. It's good to see him hit last, hit fairly well last week. Um, but he's really, you want to kind of see him put on a stretch where he goes off again because, you know, he's a college guy at double A and a, he, should have those stretches and overall his numbers are just, you know, overall his numbers this year aren't good. And even since, you know, that one month of really good play, his numbers haven't been that great. And so it's a concern where he's going, but I am glad to see him have a good week. Um, Drew Lugbauer had a couple home runs. He didn't have like any other hits last week, but he did have two home runs in the first game. Of that's, the week, which, that, that's Lugbauer. I know that's the one. <laughs> like that's, it says he's, he's killing the ball this year overall. I mean, liked you know i don't yes i could say i liked what i've seen out of him but it is nice to see him hitting home runs because this is when he gets into it it's fun to watch it go yeah absolutely uh a couple things i just want to piggyback on a little bit uh you know brayden shoemaker did have like a good game at the very end of the week uh had a double and a home run in it again just kind of has been just okay He's just been fine this past month. Now, the month the month of July, he went kind of wild and, you know, had almost a 1,000 OPS and all this other stuff. Love Would love to see that again, but he's been a guy who was also a little bit dinged up at one point, so, and it's getting again towards the end of the year. So I'm, I'm willing to give him a little bit of a pass on what has been a very bizarre year for him, especially given how bad he was to start the year. I mean, the month of May, he was truly, like, borderline unplayably bad. And, you know, then he has, like, a really good July. June was, like, kind of okay, and August has been kind of okay. So, overall, like, I'm certainly not super excited about the season that he's put up, but overall he's, you know, he's still doing stuff here and there. Uh, I still don't don't know if he has power. I still don't – I have more questions about his hit tool after the season than I did before the season, which isn't a particularly great sign for him. But, you know, overall, you know, considering where he was, it was kind of nice to see that he didn't turn into this, like, completely, like – Terrible baseball player, which is what he looked like that first month of the season or so. Uh, beyond that, I mean, this, like, this rotation is just so good. Uh, like, it's so good that their opening day starter has now been officially moved to the bullpen. Hayden Eagle is now pitching out of the bullpen. And it's kind of a, you know, again, I think that might be just the best spot for him long term. You know, maybe being a long man, uh, with his cutter, he can pitch to both, he can pitch to both lefties and righties and like, it would be probably reasonably fine. 
you know, may, I'm not sure how much his stuff plays up in like a one inning. Like, you know, if he's reaching back, I'm not sure how much he can really put more on that fastball. But it's still, you know, he's still a very interesting arm. And I certainly think that this move to the bullpen is going to downgrade him on our rankings. And when we talked about it, you know, the guy that seems like the easiest one to no longer put on the rankings after, you know, maybe in our offseason update that Hayden would probably be that guy, especially if he gets moved to the bullpen. And now he seems like that might happen. But that doesn't mean he's not a good arm, right? Like he's still his, he's pitched pretty well this year. It's just that what's happened is that guys have been promoted to Mississippi. And now that rotation is just, it seems like every night they're running out someone. And we're, we're, I mean, like when Alan Rangel, like, has is like the least interesting arm in the rotation and he's been as good as he's been for the most part. He's had you know he's had some starts where it hasn't been great. But that thing that speaks is just the quality of the arms that are in that Mississippi rotation right now. It is kind of it is wild. I did not expect that to happen this year. I really didn't. Um you know and again Strider, you know, as long as you're not watching him, that dude can freaking pitch. Uh you know, you're the kiss of death for him and we keep trying to keep you away from him. And you tweet about him, and all of a sudden he starts—he loses his command forever, so, or at least not forever for an inning. We got you to, you know, turn off that game, and he went back to pitching just fine. So, you know, again, a lot of really interesting arms in that um, in that rotation. Uh, one note: uh, Trey Harris has been uh, not great this month, but had a, a nice little three-game stretch uh, this past week or so. So, you know, hopefully he can kind of get back on track. But like, has like an OPS just over 500 for the entire month of August which is just not going to get it done right. And that's a little bit frustrating for a guy who, like, again, another guy that we just thought that guy will hit. We thought he was just going to hit. You know, we weren't sure where he would fit defensively. We weren't sure what other tools were even going to play or anything like that. But, you know, we thought he would hit, and he just hasn't this year. He's He, he hasn't been, again, he hasn't been bad, right? Like, it's, you know... But he hasn't, it's like maybe like slightly bad, like with a 656 OPS with some stretches that have been particularly rough. Uh, kind of similar to what Braden Shoemake finds, situation he finds himself in, right? So, he's a tough one because I, I really want to like Trey and like personality, like he has the biggest personality on any field and I think that he like knows how to play the game, but at some point you need to start really be putting up numbers, especially he's already, tw- he's 25 years old and he's has, you know, he's a guy that has to hit constantly to really be able to take advantage of his specific skill set, right? Because otherwise, you know, he's, he's not a particularly interesting defender. Uh, it takes some really adventurous, adventurous routes out there in the corners. He's, you know, not really a, a great runner. I wouldn't call him a bad runner, even for like a guy with his build. He's still, he's, you know, a, a serviceable runner, but he doesn't have tools to just kind of be languishing languishing forever, particularly at his age. So we'll see how that goes for him. But hasn't been particularly good of late um, for, for the month of August. But he did have a nice little stretch there. Hopefully he can kind of finish strong and kind of maybe boost these numbers up a bit. Because, again, just the kind of overall this year has been pretty disappointing, unfortunately. All right, Garrett. It's time to talk about Rome. Always some interesting names to talk about. It seems like we talk about a lot of the same ones every time we talk about Rome. But... Oh, and one before we go off of Mississippi, Indigo Diaz just continues to be an incredibly good reliever. Uh, I am of the opinion that they just probably just need to put him in Gwinnett at this point and then probably consider him uh, as a major league arm possibly even this year uh, just to kind of see what you have with him. He's been very, very good. And, I, you know, again, that may, may, that may, that may or may not work out particularly well just for moving a guy that fast, but he just keeps putting up result after result after result. Uh, and it's just been good like all year long for every team he's played for, you know, <laughs> I, I was a little bit, I was, I kept finding myself longing 
for Indigo pitching that ninth inning. He, he pitched in that game, but you know, like just the first batter that Brooks Wilson, who's also been very good for Mississippi, by the way, just the first hitter he gives up, he gives up an absolute tank of a home run. All of a sudden, the no hitter's gone, the shutout's gone. They still win the game. He gets the, the other three hitters to go without consequence, but it just it gave me a a very real real time appreciation for the kind of guy that if I felt that Indigo was available and in the ninth inning, I felt that that no hitter was a lock. You know what I mean? But it's just, that's not the way it goes sometimes. And you know, that, that, that was a pretty good at bat that guy put up against Brooks. So it's not something I necessarily want to hate on him too much about, but at the same time, uh, just kind of goes to show like when you have Indigo up there, it just seems like the, it is guaranteed you're getting three outs. You're not going to give up anything else. <laughs> it's very likely he'll either strike out the side or get really, really close. So he's been very, very good. Um, now for Rome, can I give me the guys that you've had your eye on? Cause there's a few guys that have kind of caught my attention down there for sure. You know, we didn't have any, uh, MILB TV down there and, uh, hit up there in Hickory. So we didn't actually get to watch yeah, these guys this last uh... week. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, Darius Fines had a okay start. He didn't strike out a lot of guys, which he had kind of been on a pretty good strikeout pace lately. Didn't have a, that much last week, but you know, is what it is. He only gave up a couple runs, you know, didn't walk. I don't think he either walked one guy or didn't walk anybody. I actually don't have the numbers pulled up, but he had a decent enough. He walked one. He had a decent start. He's looked good for them this year. So that's good. I think he'll probably finish out the year at Rome just because, I mean, where's he going to go in Mississippi? He's not going to play ahead of any of those guys, but he's looked good. In Miss, he's looked good in Rome this year. And I like the way he's finished out this year. Uh, Jared Schuster pitched twice last week, which is the first time he's pitched twice in a week all year. And a little bit surprised he did. Uh, and, like he's done all year, he put up two decent starts, neither of, you know, four and three innings, neither of them were spectacular. Uh, but overall, he put up Jared Schuster numbers. He struck out a little over a batter in inning, didn't hardly walk anybody. He gave up a home run. That's kind of his entire season, right? Like, that's what he's done all year. So that's, you know, the Rome pitching staff isn't like that exciting right now because they've just, I mean, it, they're all in. Mississippi now so you know yeah, they haven't really had it there's there's yeah. no one you know coming up from Augusta right now and so uh it's not going to be the best end of the year for Rome but you know you know those guys Vines and Schuster are interesting to watch on a day-to-day basis uh hitting wise Jesse Franklin had a good week again which is good to see him yeah, getting back yeah, yeah, again he had a, yeah, he he had re- a really big two home run game uh, two home runs, four for five, two home runs and a double. Like, yeah, he killed it that game. Was just okay the rest of the week. But like, again, when you have one big game, it kind of like, you can get away with, uh, not having the best week. Michael Harris was solid. He's kind of, he hasn't really had like a stretch since, you know, the beginning of the year, he was like unbelievable for like three weeks. And since then, he hasn't had, like, a stretch where he's been, like, otherworldly. But he's just been consistently every week putting up an OPS around 800, 850 and playing well. I mean, for his age, the level he's at, he's so consistent about putting up – he's putting up better at bats now. He's not striking out a ton. And, you know, we haven't seen the power. We want to see the power. But he's hitting the ball consistently and – Assuming the power comes, which we do assume will happen, to what extent it comes will probably determine his ultimate role, but we assume the power will come in some regard eventually. And so he's been good, and 
he's been one of the top two or three hitters on the team every single week all year. He's never had like a stretch where you're like, this guy is really playing bad. He's just always been good. Um, I'll let you finish that thought and then I got one more guy. Well, the, the biggest thing for me is that, you know, for, he was good for like one for four, uh, like half the time it would be a, at least a double for like the first half of the season. Right now it feels like he's good, like it's the same thing, like, but it's one for three and he'll draw a walk. And that's been the biggest development for me. He's like, he's actually been drawing some walks yeah. <laughs> over the course of the last month or so. Is And that seems like he's something he's really worked on. It's just kind of, you know, just take his base. You know what I mean? Cause I mean, like, you remember, I mean, like, he just wasn't walking, like, that first month of the season, I think he drew, he threw three walks in the month of May. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. he, he drew was... four, he drew four in June. I mean, there were legitimate the concerns that... about his approach. Yeah. And there's still are, but. It's been a lot it's, it's, yeah, he's definitely been making some improvements there for sure. And he's, well, let me look at the that. number. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's just been, it's kind of wild just like how much he was, he wasn't walking. But go ahead and go ahead and finish your thoughts on the other guys. So yeah, 10% walk rate since the beginning of July, which I mean, it's fantastic. You can't ask for anything else out of him, right? Like that's a huge improvement. Yeah. The other guy that p- played really, really well this week and we've, we've bagged on him all year. Paul Phillip had a really good, Week, uh, he, well, he, he he's like uh Franklin. He had like a four for four game where he was just outrageous, and then he was you know it's okay for the rest of the week. Um, yeah, I mean I don't like him that much like as a player, but hey, he had a really good game. It's worth mentioning. It was cool to see him you know kind of break out. He had a couple of extra base hits last week, which is nice to see. Yeah, especially considering you know how rough he's been at the plate. The rest of the rest of the season, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to at least see him contribute a good bit. Uh, that Rome team has been like, it seems like always something kind of weird happens in those games. You know, like uh, I was actually surprised they got the game in. Like, I got one game in yesterday. They had to kind of play through functionally a flash flood, uh, <laughs> but with a double header. One half of it got canceled. One one half get got postponed. The other one they managed to get in seven innings. So, um, all right, this is kind of what I've been looking forward to because uh, I one of the better starts we've seen. This year from a Braves minor league pitcher happened in Augusta. Uh, and again, some of the usual suspects and we have, there's other, some kind of newsworthy stuff that happened as well for Augusta, but I, I'll let you talk about it because I know you were following that game really closely. Talk to us about Augusta and talk to us about Joey Estes. The Joey Estes start, he put up a nine inning complete game, which you pretty much never see at the low way. Like, nope. Nope. Nine innings. I mean, we haven't seen that at any level this year, much less low A. And from pitch one to the pitch like 106 or whatever he finished at, he was pretty much dominant. He had one mistake early. He had one mistake, I think, in the third inning where he gave up a two-iron home run. And outside of that was just fantastic. No walks. He struck out 14 by the end of the eighth. He had he had a little more contact in the ninth. But one good thing about him, like, his issue this year is, is he's pitched really good the first three or four innings, and then he's in the fifth, sixth, and the velocity drops, and the stuff kind of falls off, and he starts to give up hits. He was holding 93-94 through 100 pitches this game, which is a huge development for him. Being able to pitch deep into games and hold that velocity is going is that kind of next step for him in being able to say, okay, I'm ready to go up to Rome where I can pitch deep into games and still hold that velocity, hold my stuff. That has been a struggle for him. It was really good to see him 
maintain that for nine innings and just go out there and dominate. And, you know, every time he was challenged in that game, he came back and the next, in the next batter, he made better pitches. You know, he gave up that home run and then struck out the next two batters. You know, he gave up a hit in the ninth inning and came back and put out some of his best pitching to get a fly out. Every single, you know, he had seventh and eighth inning. He struck out six straight batters. He had a 10 pitch set eighth inning, you know, eighth inning of a game. He threw 10 pitches, nine strikes, struck out the side. Absolutely insane. He got stronger as the game went on. I mean, it was one of the more impressive starts I've seen, period, out of a Braves prospect and it's just it was fantastic I mean I loved what he did in terms of pitching deep into the game and really competing through the game you know you love I love his attitude the way he competes on the mound he looks really really good up there um you're saying that start you're saying that that start was better than the Williams Perez no hitter from Gwinnett whatever three or four years ago I said prospects <laughs> uh, fair Fair. No, well played. Well played. Go on. Uh, the other pitching news, Ryan Cusick made his professional debut uh, and was exactly what he thought. We, we thought he was. He was way he too good hard. to be in low A. He throws really hard. Uh, the command wasn't great. You know, he hasn't pitched in a while. Is what it is. His command, I mean, we already know his command is not great. He kind of was what he was. I thought it was interesting that he was kind of throwing more of a slider than his curve. We haven't seen that really at Wake Forest, so it's interesting to see them developing that pitch. You know, a lot of times at low A with these guys, they put the guy there, and they really focus on developing a pitch. For most guys, it's the changeup. And for Cusick, it looks like they're probably going to be, well, they're probably going to work on this changeup. Maybe that gets worked on at Rome. But it looks like they're going to be working on a slider with him, which is really interesting to see him adding a, another pitch like that. Like, you look at a guy like Kyle Muller. He doesn't really have a good changeup, but because he's able to throw two different breaking balls well, he's able to have success, and that could be an option for Cusick if the changeup doesn't ever come. If he's able to throw that slider well, that it's just another pitch in the arsenal can help him deal with that third time through the order, deal with offhanded batters. Um, the slider wasn't fantastic, right? It was about 89. It had good movement. It wasn't fantastic, but it looks like it's a pitch that he's, they've kind of just started developing and it looked good for what it is now. And I think it's definitely a good low way pitch. No one at that level is going to hit what he throws, but it was a decent start. I liked, you know, he showed us what we thought he was going to show us. I don't think that there's much we can learn about him until he gets to double A because low A isn't going to hit him. High A isn't going to hit him with his stuff as hard as he throws. He's just not going to be challenged. You know, the same way Strider was. He's not going to get challenged into double A. So we're really not going to see the command and the stuff tested just yet. So for right now, it's just let's see him stay healthy. Let's see how the pitches develop. And first start, good result. I liked what I saw out of him. Um, offensively, they swept. The, okay. So caveat to both of the starts. That Kannapolis team is horrible. Like, they have like a 289 win percentage. They're horrible. They got swept by the Augusta Green Jackets. Like that's pretty awful, you know. Uh, but surprisingly, like there wasn't like that many like fantastic offensive performances. It was just kind of like everybody was doing their job when it was needed. Um, Landon Stevens, we don't hardly ever talk about him because he strikes out a ton and like he's not really a prospect. But uh, he he, he is- hit 
he, well, he is three out. He has three outcomes. That's what he is. He can hit the ball a long way, and he hit a couple home runs last week. I mean, he's hit 14 this year, which you don't see that often from a low A player. A guy hitting 14 home runs. You know, it's cool to see Willie Carter hit an absolute missile into the apartments last week. Uh, just a bomb. Uh, and then Von Grissom played Von Grissom baseball. He had two yep. two hits and. Like five of the six games, he had multi-hit games. Uh, only struck out a, he had more walks than strikeouts last week. I, he just keeps hitting the ball. He had three extra base hits at, you know, again, you worry about the power for him, but man, he can hit. He can hit low A pitching for sure. I mean, he's just continued to hit. He is going to be really, really fun to watch because we heard, uh, I mean, like Michael Harris saying his praises. We heard other other guys that were, and just other voices that we trust down there from Instructs. Seemed like he really impressed people down there in Instructs last, uh, the, or at the alternate side, I should say, last year. It just seemed like he can really hit. And you know, again, earlier in the season, it's not like he didn't impress us, right? Like it's like, you know what? He it seems like this guy knows what he's doing at the plate, you know. But it was a lot of ground balls that got through and things like that. Over the last month or so, he's been hitting the ball with authority. Uh, you know, like obviously, like. Good buddy David Lee's been singing his praises for a while now. We ranked him highly. I think we ended up having him at 12th uh, on our prospect list, and that feels light right now. Uh, I think he's a top 10 guy at this point, but he's just been so good the last couple months. Uh, just like <laughs> he had like a 1200 OPS in July, and like again, he has an like an 800 OPS in, in August, which feels a little bit of a disappointment. But he's also just like just gets hits constantly. He just does, like, over and over again. Uh, so I don't know how this has happened, but he hasn't homered in the month, month of August, which I would have, for whatever reason, like, I felt like he had homered since, or, like, fairly recently. But I guess it's just kind of how quickly this kind of, the last few weeks have kind of gone by. But he's just, he consistently performs. You can always look at that Augusta box, board, box score, and he is always contributing somehow. He draws walks. He, you know, takes extra bases. I get. I don't see him as a shortstop long term, but I think this guy can just flat out hit. And I don't know if it really matters where you play him in the infield, just to kind of get real value out of him at this point. Because so I think he'll hit for some power. I don't think it's gonna be a crazy amount of power, but he's gonna hit. His, he's gonna get his extra base hits, and it's just the guy can flat out hit. It's just full stop. He can hit. Uh, another guy that like he his last week or so wasn't particularly awesome, but we don't really talk about him enough. Uh, Cade Bunnell has been kind of insane. Uh, well, I say insane. He's been really good. Uh, on a really bad Augusta Green Jackets team all year long. Uh, he's had a really good season. Kind of a guy I wanted to highlight too. Uh, and I don't know if we've actually mentioned this too much on the podcast, but Braulio Vasquez, I don't think that there's ever been a situation that man has been in this year where if he was given the option to try to steal a base or not try to steal a base, that he has chosen to not try to steal the base. What's his, what do you know, I mean, can you pull it up really quick? How many stolen bases does that guy have this year? Cause he's a, I mean, I, again, he's not a guy that I think particularly highly is a prospect. I don't think he has much of a hit tool at all, but overall, I mean, he's like kind of this weird situation. Like he, he, everyone, he'll hit, hit these really key home runs. What's his, what's his stolen base total up to now? 35. He hasn't played a lot in the last two weeks with Conley and those guys coming up. He hasn't really played a ton. Right, so right, he hasn't right. stolen many bases lately, but he has 35. He's starting to get caught. Like, like I think that, like right after the break, like no catcher knew how to throw down a second, throw down a second base. And guys have kind of caught up to it and starting to catch him, starting to catch him stealing sometimes. But yeah, 35 stolen bases. Well, is, uh, when you, when, when you always try to run. Yeah. Like, literally yeah. every time. 
he had he had he had stole these attempts like every game for a while there. Uh, and I had kind of forgotten that like you know with the draft he's coming in like he was he was never going to get that much playing time. But he has been he has been such a weird case. I just like these like he'd have like these like zero for three games where he have one walk but like two stolen bases. And I was just like, what is going on with this dude? This guy will just flat out, I mean, like, again, he's, he's pretty fast. Don't get me wrong, but it's kind of like a guy. He's just like, well, I'm going to third. This is just what's going to happen every single time. And I guess, I guess they, they kind of figured out, Hey, we can just kind of just throw pitch outs to him every single time. And maybe we can try to get him that way. And it seems to work out, but again, not, not, not the biggest deal. Uh, but certainly a fun anecdote. Uh, Garrett, I think that's pretty much all we've got. You kind of touched on all the guys that I wanted to talk about too. So, um, you know, Count me along. Before I we I pitch it to you, actually, I do want to say uh, after Joey Estes start, uh, I did reach out to Joey and I said, "Hey, buddy, do you want to talk some baseball with me uh, for an interview?" And he seems all for it. Uh, it won't be happening this week, but it will be happening next week. So I'll be interviewing him, and that'll be going up on the site sometime next week. Uh, I, I've been, certainly been itching again to do another interview, especially since after I, I interviewed Spencer Schwallenbach, and that just obviously didn't work out. A lot of the material that we got from that interview was kind of upended by the fact that he had to undergo Tommy John surgery, and I've been kind of wanting to talk some some baseball with another guy, and it seemed like it seemed like a perfect opportunity to talk a little bit to uh, a really great up and coming. And he's still 19 years old, and he just seems really, really good. Uh, so we're going to talk to Joey Essies about it. We'll be going up on the site. Uh, Garrett, do you have anything else before we let folks go? No, uh, the Braves just scored seven runs in the fourth inning, so that's a nice uh, sign. Well, I mean, when Braxton Garrett basically walks everybody and then they bring yeah. in the <laughs> on the yard to save his life, I mean, like, it was just like Freddie Freeman home run, Adam Duvall home run, the game is now over. Like, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> so, so that's yeah. nice. Yeah, that, that, that definitely feels good, uh, beating up on the Marlins a little bit after, like, a weird back-and-forth start to this game. Uh, but it seems like the a nice way to remind them that where they are in the standings at the moment, uh, and they're not quite ready for the Braves yet. Um, I do want to thank everyone for supporting us over on the site at TalkingChop.com, as well as here on the podcast. All the love on the podcast. The entire feed really has been quite crazy of late. Uh, if you are not subscribed to the Talking Chop podcast feed, you absolutely should do so. Just go to your preferred podcast, podcast purveyor, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you choose to use. We are very likely to be listed on there. If we're not, let us know. We'll get listed on there. Uh, you'll get this podcast, which is obviously our minor league program, where you'll be getting myself, uh, as well as Garrett, Garav, Wayne, Matt, all of us kind of chip in on this one. This is kind of our baby. We've been, uh, we, we love podcasting together and, you know, it's funny. It's just, I wish I could kind of, it's hard to do a bunch of different voices when we've tried to do like Garrett, Garav, and myself, and we've tried to have more than that. It's kind of a lot of, it's hard to kind of, do the traffic cop thing of like, you know, making sure that everyone gets time to talk while not running for an hour and a half. I know there's certainly a number of our listeners that would be more than happy to listen to an hour and a half long podcast, but we, I've been having to try to kind of dumb that down a little bit just because it makes it a little bit easier reading for listening for a lot of our listeners. Uh, but you get this podcast as well as the flagship talking shop program hosted by the great Brad Roland most of the time. Uh, every once in a while I get the chip in and host that. Uh, and Scott Coleman made his, uh, hosting debut a couple weeks ago, which was fairly hysterical because I was the other, uh, helper on that particular podcast but um and then you also get the daily hammer which is kind of a shorter reform podcast it's kind of a daily update type one uh just again about 15 minutes or so per episode that's hosted by sean coleman who's been really killing it with that podcast we really appreciate him taking the time to make that podcast happen each and every I, I, not every day but most days and that'll kind of give you caught up uh and give you your podcast fix before you can listen to myself or brad and whoever is helping myself or brad on any given week uh, Garrett, thank you for coming on. Again, you can follow Garrett on Twitter at BravesMILB. You can follow myself. 
myself at Leprechaun with a K. And until next time, we'll see you on the road.